0: What is the appropriate way to prepare for Gimel Tamas? I suppose the, the one word answer to that question is with your eyes open as opposed to with your eyes closed. In general, all of us understand, all of us know that the reality of life of Elam Haze for serious people is a very serious thing. And although it's very meaningful and it's very uplifting and it's even joyful, but it's very serious and it's very responsible. And uh, along with the living of life, there is the earnestness, the responsibility, the Yir Hashamayim that goes along with it. This is always true. And when we talk about uh, what the Rebbe calls the great and holy day, and in this case, of course, we're talking about Gimel Tammuz. that earnestness, that Tmimos, that Edenskite um, needs to be a part of our approach. The earnestness excludes a sadness, a sense of defeatism. It certainly excludes a kalasresh, uh, frivolousness or an indifference or an apathy. And um, there's no room in, the, in this arena for defeatism for the simple reason that it's not an option. It's not a choice. It's not one of the Alternative, one of the options, b'cholal in life, and then certainly in the life of a yid and a chassid. So you approach Gimel Tamuz, as challenging as it is, and as responsible as it is, and as serious as it is, and as, for some people, heavy as it is, with the with the eye with the with the sense of responsibility and with our eyes open. Uh, Twenty four years are going to pass uh, on this Gimel and there is ample time for uh, the Hizgalos. there is ample time for Mashiach to come, and that we can have a Gimel Tamaz that will only be celebrated in a positive way, and there will be no underlying, no aspect of it which is a negative or sad. And uh, we believe Metanemes in in the Geula, Mashiach, and therefore we believe Metanemes in that very real possibility of having a Gimel Tamaz that will be Afei Gimotamas exclusively. All of us believe, metanemis that the words that the Rebbe speaks are real and they're serious and they're eternal. And the Rebbe made it very clear, not once but multiple times, many, many, many times, that we are the last generation of Gaulus and we're the first generation of Geula, and that he nezer, Mashi, malacha mashach bab mashaikh is coming imminently. A, a, amongst the various different ways that Rebbe articulated it, the Rebbe said that the avoider to bring Mashiach is complete. And the avoider now is Lakaba pe mashaykhinu. So we know how imminent the coming of Mashiach is. In addition to all of the above, we know that the Rebbe said in Shaiftim and Tafshanun that this uh, uh, assertion, argument, statement that we're holding in the times immediately before this Gals of Malach HaMashiach, the Rebbe is saying as a nevu, as a prophecy. And uh, in general, by Hasidim, there's an understanding that every word that comes from a Rebbe's mouth, as a Yivaruch HaKedish and nevu, like it says, in that very Siche, in Parshall Shaeftim, that the Alta Rebbe said about the Baal and the Mizichir Magid, that they were neviim, because they were Magid Asides. They predicted the future in a way which only a Novi can know. And the Tzermach continues and he writes that Dam mizikni, by the Alter Rebbe we saw uh, in Yonim of uh, Nevuah, which can only be known by Derech Nevuah. And then of course the Rebbe continues to say that all the Rebbe uh, had the din of a Novi. This is an issue that I know that is uh, some controversy. But certainly the way the Rebbe learned Shitas HaRambam, there's no question that the Rebbe holds that there can be and that there are in Nevi and also in Chutzla and so on. Um, So in general, Chassidim take the words of the Rebbe um, with an earnestness, with a seriousness, uh, like it says in the Chumash about Meishah Rabbeinu and his nevuah, that the words of a Tzadik, of a Rebbe, of a Nasi B'Yisrael are for sure true. But particularly in this case that the Rebbe said explicitly that he's saying this is a nevuah that the, the imminence of the coming of Mashiach, the fact that we're the last generation of Gauls, the first generation of Gauls, and we've experienced many, many of the simoni Hagiyula, the not-good ones and the good ones, is in Avua, is very serious. We all know how our lives changed with a strike of the pen from the Rebbe. The people wrote the Rebbe hundreds, thousands of letters a day, and the Rebbe read them all, and did what he needed to for each person. Some of them he answered in writing, some he didn't answer, some he took that oil. Whatever the Rebbe's cheshboi were, is, of course, beyond us. But when we received a minor, a from the Rebbe, on a letter we had written, and we may have spent hours and hours preparing that letter, and the Rebbe spent a moment or two, or a second or two, reading that letter, all of us are familiar with the speed and the thoroughness with which the Rebbe would read the notices that were sent to him, and he would make a mark with a pen, and our lives would change in all areas, in health, in Panosseh, in Sheduchim, in shliches, in the chinuch of our children, and we were never disappointed. We were only disappointed if we didn't listen and we paid the price for not listening. So the Rebbe's words have always been proven to be the words of HaKadosh Baruch and something which the Rebbe spoke about not once or twice, but this was his entire Matthias the of the galus of Malachi Mashiach, bringing Mashiach, revealing Mashiach, and he articulated that we are the generation of the Gula. Certainly, this is a very real thing. It's a very imminent thing. It's a now thing that Mashiach can come and must come. I'm awaiting for him, and this is true, even though all these years have passed. And the idea, chas to say it, as I've heard some say that the Rebbe was hoping and the Rebbe was trying. And the Rebbe was davening is not at all acceptable um, because that's not what Divinity div- and Nevi um, That's, it's not a tefillah, it's a Nevuah, it's stating what he sees. But none of us expected that in Toshin Ayin Ches, 24 years since Gimel Tamos, and 27 years since the Rebbe spoke to of Shaiftim and all the other in Yar, the Rebbe spoke about Mashiach, we would still be sitting in Gaulus and in a galus which is so dark, that uh, for many of us, doesn't we, there's a numbness to it almost. We don't feel the darkness. And Fabrenging about Gimel Tamas. Um, and it, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult to sit in Fabreng before Gimel Tamas. And I don't want to bring on anybody else on Marushchera. I got enough of my own, and everybody has enough of their own. The purpose of a Fabrenging is not to add to people's heavy mood, but to add a mood of upliftedness. And there's a sicha from the Rebbe, actually, from the first period of time after Yud Shvat, where the Rebbe said by Yefabrengin publicly that someone wrote him a letter that every time he looks at a picture of the Rebbe, meaning the Freedic Rebbe, he cries. So the Rebbe said to him, and it's printed in the Sihas, HaBecham Gifrech, "Vasatuv Geton I asked this particular Choset, what has the crying achieved? The, the thing that matters, the thing that's relevant, is what are we going to do about it and how are we going to make it work? And Tredin, which are a fact of life, uh, are ultimately not helpful. <sighs> I want to begin with the following, just a thought that occurred to me. There's a letter, which Rebbe started writing in Ksavyat Kedish in his own hand. He wrote three or four paragraphs, and uh, he didn't finish the letter. And the letter, in its partiality and its lack of completeness, of course, the Rebbe never sent it out because he didn't finish the letter. Um, was printed, and the spirit of that letter was written to Bishvat Tovshin right after the first year after the Estalkes. And the spirit of the letter is the Rebbe's beginning, the letter by writing, that that there is an inevitability of time. As time passes. You get used to everything. As time passes, a situation which was completely unacceptable yesterday becomes the way we live, the way we are. And he brings the posuk, whatever it is, and so on. And um, the Rebbe is addressing the tendency of people to forget and to become complacent and to accept, in effect, a new status quo. What I want to observe about this letter is two points. A, the Rebbe began to write it. And B, he never completed it and never sent it out. And I think there's a lesson in both of these things. The fact that the Rebbe began to write it is because the Rebbe considered that there was room, that there is room for this reality. And it's not just a theoretical idea, it's a real idea. On the other hand, the Rebbe did not finish the letter and never disseminated the letter. And perhaps the the reason the Rebbe did not disseminate the letter is because the Rebbe felt that it's, it's possible, it's realistic, that as much time passes the, uh, the passion of Sidim and his Kashros and, and continuing the work that the Rebbe wants to be done. And the waiting for Mashiach could continue without any uh, lessening. And the fact that the Rebbe was not Mepharsim, this letter to me, means that the Rebbe is saying, in effect, that a rebbe is a timeless thing, and that the ability for chassidim to connect to a rebbe is a timeless ability. Uh, after all of these years, there's a whole new generation of children, boys and girls, that are now men and women who never met the rebbe, don't remember the rebbe, who are literally born after Gimel Tamas, and um, and they're growing up, many of them to be the rebbe shluchim, the rebbe's and they have all the passion, and more passion, and all the hesedus of people who spent years and years and years in the Rebbe's dararames, and in many cases, their hesedus exceeds our own. And um, on the other hand, unfortunately, there is all kinds of yiridos that have taken place uh, since Gimel Thomas. Um, I think it is a uh, truth to say of our time that uh, we're living in a time of that light and darkness are existing uh, at the same time, concurrently. When the E-Bishti created the world, he separated from light from darkness. But before the Eivishter separated light from darkness, light and darkness were together. We're living in a time that on the one hand there's so much ayir, and on the other hand there's so much sad E-Bishti. When you talk about Eiv, Of course, you mean the oyer of uh, the growth of chesidists, of shlichists, and of a whole new generation of chesidim who are growing up with an incredible enthusiasm and a spirit of his to the Rebbe. And uh, specifically, um, what's happening in the world, the incredible changes that are happening in the world that I think it's pretty impossible not to see so the is navigating the world in the direction of this Gals of Malach HaMashiach. Or, or to use the language that the Rebbe employed some 27 years ago, where the Rebbe said that there are two levels, two concepts. One level, one concept is called Nefloi Sarenu. My Tavshin Nunalaf the Rebbe said was Hei Tavshin shnas It was and it will continue to be a year that, the, that there are wonders that the Ibishtah shows us. The opposite of neflois Arenu is Arenu Niflois, which is Apostol Kintanach. And the Rebbe said, what's the difference between neflois Arenu and Arenu Niflois? Niflois means Hashem does incredible wonders. But they have to be shown to you. And until they're shown to you, you don't see them. We experienced unbelievable the flies then, at that time, uh, with the Gulf War and the collapse of the Soviet Union and many other things. But we saw them as miracles because the Rebbe pointed them out. And the Rebbe said, it's taka, a great thing, when the Rebbe points out a ness and we see it. But the fact that you need someone to point the miracle out to you shows that there's a certain limitation on the ness. Then there is something called flies and in the words of the Rebbe, where the himself shows you the one. The Things happen in the world, which is clearly... The Ashgach of the Eibsheter, where you see clearly Gilealakus, where you see the way the world, the direction in which the world is going, that this is the Eibsheter himself is allowing us to see, or forcing us to see, or making it impossible not to see changes in the world that are in the spirit of how the Rebbe spoke about the times leading up to the coming of Mashiach Tzekenu, especially what's happened in the last few months. We believe that this world is governed by the Ashgach of HaKadosh Baruch We believe that this world is Hashem's world. And Hashem is a balabayis over His world. And what happens in His world happens the way it happens because Hashem wishes it to happen. And the fact is that Baruch Hu created a world of teyv and ra, of good and evil. And historically there have been many, many good things that have happened in the world and there have been many evil things that have happened in the world. Tragic things, terrible things. But our belief is that just like good things come from a good God, bad things have to do with the Ebi and they wouldn't have happened without the Ebi Why they happen, there are all kinds of explanations, and I don't think explanations are explanations anyway, because when you explain an emotional question with a rational or a logical answer, you really resolve nothing. But the fact is, we believe that whatever happens in the world happens by the Yad Hashem. But it also means... That nothing negative happens unless there's a purpose that the Eibishnah has for it to happen. So, when the Rebbe says they were holding by Mashiach, that means that the world can only go in a good direction. And when things happen, then we wondered between Tavshin Nundalad and, and Tavshin Ayin Ches what direction the world is going in. And we wondered where the words of the Rebbe that they were going towards tzedek v'yeshe, towards righteousness and fairness. I remember the Rebbe spoke a sichhe, pashas told us that the whole spirit of that Sikh was, that there are changes taking place in the words of the Rebbe, in a halberveld in half a world, the Rebbe listed China and India and Russia. And in population, China and India and Russia are half a world, and the Rebbe said in each one of these countries there's change. And in each country, the changes are going in the direction of righteousness and fairness and the individual rights and so forth and so on. And the Rebbe says, how could a person not see this and see the imminence of the Gula? But it's been a long time since then. and A lot of times you wonder, where is the continuation of all of those words, all those in voice? And now, in the last few months, we're beginning to see events that are happening in the world that are so undeniably in the spirit of Mashiach, goodness in an incredible way and a change in the world and the direction, and so on and so forth, all happening in B'dedach And And one of the things that I think we should learn from this, that's obviously true, is that accidents and bad things don't happen in the Ebi world, if the Ebi does not want them to happen, if they don't serve a purpose. don't happen by mistake. And if the Rebbe says we're holding by Mashiach and we're holding by the ultimate goodness and kindness, the only direction the world can go in is the direction of goodness and the direction of kindness. So perhaps this is a bit of an overstatement, but when you look at what's happened in the last few months, you see not only miracles, but you see miracles in the category of arenu neflois, where no one has to show them to you. They're so plain, they're so obvious, and they're so incredible, that Kvayochel, um, the Eibishtet himself is showing us these nisiv neflois. This is an idea that the Rebbe spoke about. I think it's the beginning of the Sikh of Tazriah Mitzayr, Toshin and Aleph, the beginning of that Fabreng, and the Rebbe made the point that I just made about flois. So you see incredible the kush. On the other hand, there's so much Chayishech, there's so much Halom in the world, in our community. There's a, a lot of change. It's not favorable in terms of the Matzav of Anash. And uh, we very, very much miss the physical presence of the Rebbe. Because the physical presence of the Rebbe moves all of us just by the Rebbe's being in our Dalai And of course, we all believe that that's still true. and We don't believe that that's still true in some esoteric way. We mean it by Pashtas, where the Rebbe himself described the continuation of the life of the Freeric Rebbe after Yud Shvat. But the fact that you don't expect to look into the Rebbe's eyes or to walk into the Shul and be in the Rebbe's physical presence has taken its toll. A generation, a whole generation has passed. And it's become harder and harder to be chesidim simply by the Rebbe's makif. Simply by the fact that in the daladamas of the Rebbe, the Rebbe made us all better. The Rebbe's ayid, to whole metziah, says that he's is Hashem. He served HaKadosh Baruch every breath, every tnuah, every thought, was Avod Hashem in the most intense and the most powerful way. And we try to be We want to be servants of the Rebbe, and uh, in our service of the Rebbe, we are closer to Hakadosh Baruch We're better servants of the Abishta. But you have to have a sense of the Master. You have to have the sense of the of the Adin. And uh, when this becomes challenging and this becomes difficult, we all see the effect. We all understand and experience and know the effect of this halomisveta. So, we're getting ready for Gimel Thomas again. And we're all hoping that this year will be different. There'll be a Giliolokus, a, a Hisgalos. And the Gimel Thomas will have only the upside of what Gimel Thomas is, without the downside of what Gimel Thomas is. But we're still getting ready for Gimel Thomas. And it's, it's hard. It's hard to do. And it's particularly hard to do with your eyes open. But you can't do it any other way. A person has to approach it with a responsibility and with a maturity. So of course the, the message of the Rebbe is in the Now um, I don't want to get into about this with people. Uh, we live in a, a world where as the Rebbe often said Every person, every chassid and all of us are trying to do the right thing, and our Kavanas is Ritsuya. There's, there's a letter from the Rebbe, which is printed in the beginning of the the Sefer Shalom, where he writes about Chassidim making of the tate of their Rebbe, and he says, All Chassidim were serious mukusharim, and every word that the Rebbe said mattered to them extraordinarily, it was very important to them, and they were all dedicated to the emiss of the Rebbe's Kavana and the Rebbe's Avoida. So... The Rebbe in that letter writes. In effect, you can you you can assume that a hanochah transcript written by a Chosid was written with as as much attention and effort as humanly possible to be la lamitasa Every Chosid wants to do the right thing, every chassid has his feeling, his hergish, and his direction. And I'm not certain. I'm certainly not the the bal hergish. I don't have any. Uh, Special authority in any way, shape, or form. But at least from my perspective, the Hakon of gimel Tamas is with the Maim of Tetzave. And of course, the Maim of Tetzave is one of those Maimotem that Taka goes into the category of Adena Neflois, if you will. If you want to compare the Maim of Ata Tetzave to the Maim of Basilagani, you could say that Basilagani is Neflois Adenu and Ata Tetzave is Adena Neflois. In other words, for a person to learn basilagani and to see how basilagani is the hero for our generation, you need the rebbe to explain. To learn the maima V'yata tetzave and to appreciate how the maima V'yata tetzave is a hero for our generation speaks for itself. It's do It's very obvious. This this is speaking to all of us. And viyata tetzave, of course, is a very very involved Maimah. It's a very very involved Maimah. But the Nakut of the Maimah is the idea of but the Ibishtar gave the world, gave Yidin a Nasi, Meishar Abeinu. And as it says from the Zeya, that this is Pashtusa, so the Meishar, behold, daughter of a daughter, in every generation there is Meishar Abeinu, the Meishar Abeinu of each generation. And in each generation, the function of Meishar Abeinu is Viata Tetzava. And Viata Tetzava means, l'chaber, as Yisrael, like it says in the very beginning of the Maimer, that the meaning of the word Viata Tetzava doesn't mean like it normally means. That Moshe should repeat to us Hashem's words. But rather, V'yat means that Moshe should do his shlichas. The Rebbe the did has a shlichas, has a mission. V'yat HaTetzavah is where Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu that he should connect Yidin to the Yain Seif. le'kasher, or to connect Yidin to the Yen safe. And B'Pashtus, when it says in the Mime, V'yat that Moshe Rabbeinu's role is it means that Moshe Rabbeinu's it means. To connect not talk other's but dafka to connect didn't talk other's in a way which is above tamba das, which is above reason. That's what ain't safe means. Like the Rebbe says in the Gimel of the Maimit that other words for the Kashir made ain safe is as to provide me and Parnasa, which you could say perhaps means pnimi and makif. To the Jewish people, for you know Emunah. What is emuna? Emuna means a connection to HaKadosh Baruch which is completely above our reason. In other words, what a Rebbe, what a tzaddik, what a Nasi B'Yisrael does, he touches the Yiddish Neshama, and he strengthens the bond between the Yiddish and HaKadosh Baruch Hu that doesn't pass through the mind, doesn't pass through the Seichel, but comes directly from the Neshama. Um, we live in the age of reason, or supposedly we live in the age of reason and logic and proof, and specifically, a physical proof. And people are always saying, if it's true, why can't you prove it? If it's semi, why is it difficult to prove? Why is there no proof of this? Why is there no proof of that? Why do you have a kasha for this? Do you have a kasha for that? And the, those are all legitimate arguments. And of course, over the course of the Rebbe's Nasiyah, the Rebbe addressed many of them and answered them many answers, many of them repeated many, many times. But there's a very, very simple underlying truth. That's very, very serious very, very important. And that is, let's assume that you have good questions. And let's assume that the questions have answers. And let's assume that the questions disturb you and that it's making it difficult for you to serve the Ebishteh. You have to ask yourself one underlying question. The underlying question is, can you afford it? Can you afford the questions? Can you afford the questions? just like a person who has a medical issue and he goes to a doctor and he's asking the doctor all kinds of questions and he's not going to take his medicine until he figures it all out. You can ask him a very simple question. Can you afford it? Can you afford to be busy with questions? Not because the questions aren't good, but because there's something much, much more important than the questions. That in the case of a doctor, it's to be healed. In the case of a yid, it's to live. You know, emuna is very important. Emuna is very important. Amunah means a connection to Hashem. And really, Amunah means a connection to Hashem that involves surrender. Surrender, getting rid of your seichel and being involved with HaKadosh Baruch directly, intimately. Or to say it in other words, even if a person comes to the Eibishter with his mo'yach, even if a Jew comes to HaKadosh Baruch with his mind, with his reason, with his rationale, as did Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu was the first Jew, but Avraham Avinu's journey did not begin with his soul. Avraham journey began with his mind. And if a person were to use his mind to pursue an understanding of a Likus, to the best of his abilities, based on the need for proof and understanding and rationalization and so on, and he came, he, came to, he got answers, he, he, came, he got good answers. He's, he's figured it out, so to speak. He's intellectually resolved all of his questions. He's crossed all the eyes. He crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's, he's found the answer to all of his questions. That person has no relationship with the Eibishter at all. Has a relationship with his ego and with his mind and with his rationalizations. To have a relationship with the Eibishter is like having a relationship with with another person. To have a relationship with another human being, you don't use your mind. Maybe the mind can set the terms of the relationship. Maybe the mind can be used to to ascertain whether you want the relationship or you don't want the relationship. But the relationship is not a rational thing. Relationships are very deep. It's even deeper. It's not only not rational, it's not emotional. It's a spiritual thing. A bond between one person and another person, if it's a real bond, is not based on mind and heart. It's based on soul. And if you're so stuck up, so preoccupied with the looking for reasons and explanations, you never get to the point of it all. And the same is true in our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that if a person insists on having to understand everything and prove everything, assuming it can all be understood, assuming it can all be proven. But that's not the point. The point is to have a connection with HaKadosh Baruch. And who can afford, who can afford to delay having a relationship with Ebi until he figures it all out? And that's what a Rebbe is. A Rebbe doesn't, of course, more than anybody else, he understands and he has proof and he has answers to questions and so on and so forth. But his role is he made himself. His, his endeavor, his wish, his purpose is that a yid's connection to Hashem should not pass through the mind. It should go directly from the soul to the behavioral life of a yid because that's the truth of a yid, that he has a neshama. And the neshama doesn't need proof for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He knows HaKadosh Baruch Hu inherently. The neshama doesn't need proof for Matan Teirem, for all the other Yudgim, and so on and so forth because he knows them basically. And on some level every Jew knows that this is the truth. But we get distracted, we get burdened, we get uh, caught up in cassius and Shailis and all kinds of Allah stadium that take us away from this. And the whole role of a Rebbe is to, is, to, is to figure out how we can not necessarily ask questions and find answers, but have a relationship with the, Eibish, the based on munna alone. I saw in one of the books that was written by Verval Green, Al-Washalam, Professor Verval Green, Al-Washalam, where he writes, amongst other things, he was a biologist, he was a scientist, a real scientist, that he figured out early on um, that the Rebbe was an inspired person. In other words, that Rebbe didn't use the same tools he did. Bright guy, very, very smart man. But he understood that the is in the category of a Navi. And he knows things that nobody else can know. And he sees things and he experiences things in a way that's very different than everybody else. And on that basis, there was a certain acceptance of the Rebbe, even when he didn't understand, and even when he had questions, and even when he felt that the Rebbe may have written things or said things, which perhaps the Rebbe should not have said, he had a basic understanding that he's talking about a yid who's a seer, a and It's a different category. And uh, that was the basis for their relationship and this is the basis for his Yiddishkeit, that he had a connection to the Rebbe who didn't prove things and explain things and rationalize things and make everything logically but he raised him up, as intelligent as he was, to a Madreig of a And it's fascinating that when he met the Rebbe the first time, I think it was the very, very first Yechides, it was, the, it was Kislev, I think, Tav Chav Gimel. Um, the story has been written many times. The Rebbe said, I want to ask you a favor. And the Rebbe asked him to buy himself a journal or a notebook. And that in this notebook he should write down every time he sees in his life an event of Ashkakha Pratis. Hashkacha Pratis uh, is called in the secular world coincidence. But Ashkaka Pratis is very different than coincidence. Because coincidence means an unlikely occurrence that occurs. Uh uh. A fortuitous event which happens by mistake. Something good happens without it, anybody orchestrating it. And of course, uh, uh, coincidences, if they are unorchestrated, and they happen randomly, should happen very seldomly. There's a mathematical formula that can allow you to figure out what is the likelihood of a coincidence occurring. And the fact of the matter is that all over the world, in everybody's life, there were so many events that happen that are fortuitous, that are good coincidences, and the, the mathematics does not add up. In other words, the, the strict rules that govern the likelihood of a good coincidence occurring is exceeded by the reality of coincidence by thousands of percent. It happens so, so much more often than it should if it's by mistake. And of course the reason is, is because there's a mashgich and there's a hashgacha. And the Hashgachah is not just colors, but it's protest it's very precise, it's very personal, that the avish is involved in our lives. So the Rebbe said to a scientist, every time you see the avish in your life, write it down. Now I don't know what Rebbe's kavana is, because of course we're not the Rebbe, but in a very Balabatash way, what the Rebbe was saying to him is, let's get directly to the point. Instead of trying to answer all the questions and being involved in the burden of proof, so to speak, the questions and the answers and the proof. Let's identify the Abishta in a life directly, which takes us to a higher realm. It takes us to a place of faith where there are no questions. And when a person gets used to seeing Ashgoch or in his life, he experiences the Eivishti. He sees the Eivishti. So what happens to the kashas? The kashas don't go away. The questions are still there. The questions still need answers. The proofs need to be resolved, to be provided. But it's a very, very different spirit in which the questions are asked and the proofs are sought because there is an understanding that whether I find the answer, I don't find the answer. Whether I find the proof, I don't find the proof, I know it's real. I know it's real because I see it in my life. And if I'm not mistaken, what Mr. Green writes in his safet is that he never, he never bought the notebook and never kept the ledger, but he got the message. That when a person lives his regular, everyday life, you see the hand of HaKadosh Baruch Hu constantly, and it establishes a bond, the relationship between us and him, which doesn't pass through the mind. It comes directly from the neshama and to the neshama. And that's what a Rebbe provides. To give us a connection to the Eibishter, which is not burdened by the heaviness of, of reason and proof. I saw someplace, and I can't remember where, but it's certainly worth mentioning, that somebody asked a Rebbe, that faith is without reason. And if you're an intelligent person, if you're a rational person, uh, you should feel the need to understand everything, to, to explain everything, rather than just to accept it. Like you frequently hear in, in, in today's day and age, where people use the word blind faith. Blind faith. The word blind faith is is wrong. It's not blind faith, it's simple faith. Because there's nothing blind about faith. There's something very, very uh, Eye opening about faith. Blind means you close your eyes and whatever happens, happens. Faith isn't blind. Faith is transcendence. Faith is uh, plain, but transcendent. You know, in the 19th century, it was popular to say that uh, faith is for the fools of the world. If you look at the world today and you look at the emotional state of the world, you'll realize, if you're honest about it, that faith requires a lot of courage. Because it's much easier to be a pessimist. It's much easier to look at this world as a terrible place filled with terrible people and the likelihood of terrible things happening to a person. And instead of a human being living his life, he's surviving, trying to deal with all the evil in the the world full of accidents. And for a person to believe that there is good, not just good in the world, but that the base of this world is good, and the base of the world is God, and that there is a purpose, and that there is a hashgacha, is incredibly courageous. Because it's very easy to be a Moreshcheire. It's much more, to be pessimistic. It's much more difficult to be an optimist and to believe in goodness and to believe in God because they're really one and the same thing. God and goodness are the same. Because goodness is the opposite of the heaviness of nature. And goodness exists because Hashem exists. And it's His world. So faith, faith is courageous. So anyway, getting back to the question, this Yid asked the Rebbe, is it... So first of all, I want to say that I object to the terminology blind faith. It's just not, it's not... faith isn't blind. Faith is simple, but not simplistic. It's transcendent. It takes an incredible amount of courage to believe. And this person asked the Rebbe, how can a person who considers himself intelligent and rational be a believer? And the Rebbe gave him a very interesting answer, a very useful answer, a very wise answer. The answer that the Rebbe gave him was it's a different skill set, it's a different set of tools. That was the Rebbe's answer. And I'm going to explain it the way I understand it. Would you consider a musician unintelligent? Would you be considered an, uh, an artist or a choreographer or a writer of poetry or literature unintelligent? Music and the arts are very different than, the, than, than mathematics, and the physics, and chem- chemistry, and biology. They're very different. They're not intellectual in the same way. But you cannot say that a person, the musician, is unintelligent, Even though music speaks a different language, and it pulls on the heartstrings in a different way, and it speaks, it says a different message to a different part of the human being, in a way that's not connected to the mind. It's a different skill set. A musician can be brilliant in his chokhmah, but his music is not defined by his intelligence. His music is defined by what music is supposed to do, come from the soul and go to the soul. And the same is true with art. So there are things in this world which are very sophisticated, but they're not intellectual. And they're not considered less sophisticated because they lack intelligence. They're a different kind of sophisticated. So the Rebbe said the Muna is the same thing. The is not without reason. It's, diff- it's a different thing. It comes a different part of the person. and has to do with a different kind of relationship that a person has with his environment, with other people, with the world around them, and ultimately with the creator and the master of the world, the Eibishter himself. And uh, like I said, faith may be simple, but it's not simplistic. And the Indian of a Rebbe is to make the Eibishter real to us. Without it having to be filtered and convoluted and complicated by the mind and by the burdens of the world and so on. And that's what every Rebbe, every Tzadik, every Nasi Bissal does. He touches, he triggers the heart of a Yid and the sham of a Yid and wakes up his connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is beyond reason. But when the Rebbe in the Maimah Viata Tetzavah talks about this, the opinion of Meisha Rabbein, that a Rebbe, a Nossi, be a Stroll, a Tzadik, a Rebbe, a Nossi, be a Stroll, strengthens. He speaks about different generations, different Rebbes, and different ways in which the Amun is strengthened. Let me preface that uh, there's a famous letter from the Rebbe, a very famous letter from the Rebbe which the Rebbe Taker wrote on Gimel Tamas, I think Yud. Gimel Tamas, Yud. It's a short little letter, it was printed in the beginning of one of the containers that came out at that time. And the Rebbe begins with the words, What is the difference, what is unique about the Freyedic Rebbe, what sets him apart from the other Gedele Yisrael of his generation? So the Rebbe has a list, that he's a, a gon, he's a Ebedel he's a Novi, Ba'amidus Tevis. And he, has, he goes through a whole series of milas that a Rebbe has, và'od, và'od. and then he finishes the list by saying that all of these things are true. All of these things are true, that he's a goon, and he's a Chassid, and he's a Chacham, and he's a Navi, and he's a bamidis and so on and so forth. Nevertheless, continues the Rebbe, Ikir the most important thing is missing. And what's the most important thing? That is a Nasi. What is the meaning of the word Nasi? So of course, any person who's learned Chassidus knows that the meaning of the word nasi is that in the Shayanka Vavinu, and the word Rebbe is Reish Pnei Yisro, and we all learn Tanya Pedek Beis, where the Alt Rebbe brings the mitzvah sasei the Ereisha v'olodov kaboy. But it says in the pasuk and the Chomish, v'olodov that Yidda Zachiyov, to connect himself to Akadish Baruch. So the Gemara already asks, V'chiasha adalib b'shchina. how can a person attach himself to the shchina? The Shechina is fire, halaiked v'alaikahesh. And the Gemara answers, Hadbik You should attach yourself to Tabidi Khacham. So the question becomes what does that mean? It says in the tailor boy, it's a mitzvah to cleave taqadish to barakh, whether I'm bam paskins, then it's one of the tayak mitzvahs, it's a mitzvah to say dehir aish. How do you become attached to a Qadhish by attaching yourself to a tzaddik? to a attach Attaching yourself to a khacham is in effect saying, Hashem gave me a mitzvah, which I cannot do. So I'll do something else which is similar to it, which is going to compensate for it. It's not, it's not fulfilling the chiv of the tale, because I'm not attaching myself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I'm attaching myself to Atamut Chochem. Moreover, I'm not even attaching myself to Atamut Chochem. I'm simply following his lead, learning from his midas, and so on and so forth. So how are you, Makaim, the Mitzvah, in a true way? So the al Rebbe answers that there is something called an neshama. And between one neshama and another neshama, there's a bond. Like it says in Tanya, "Pelek beis, becholakim." What separates one Jew from another is the body. Inasmuch as the neshama is concerned, they're one and the same. This is true between every neshama and every other neshama, but it's even more true between the neshama and the reish bnei Yisrael. vadeir, because the neshames of the rebbe are reishu mechin. the neshames that the rebbe's neshama is the head, and we're our neshames are the feet or the body. In other words, in every single generation, the Abishta gives the collective of Jewish Nishamas, which are compared to a fetus, to a body, right, just like a fetus, starts out at a single point. And when it diversifies, it's not just a bunch of division, but it's a variety of divisions. Some parts of that original seed are going to become the heart, the lungs, and the mind, the brain, eyes, ears, and so on. And some are going to become hair and nails and skin, but they all come from one point. Similarly, in the level of the neshama, all the neshama come from one point. And that point is the Reish Pnei Yisroh. So Odof is a literal mitzvah. The complication with Old Gabayi, of course, is that in order to fulfill the mitzvah Odof number one, you have to be in touch with your own neshama. And number two, you have to be in touch with your neshama to such an extent that through your connection your neshama, you're in touch with the neshama of the Mesiyah Dar. And number three, you're in touch with your neshama in such a way that connects you to the Messiah dor in such a way that it connects you to Atma and host of himself, which is what a Rebbe is, what the true definition of Rebbe is, Apichsides, Napi Kabbalah, his Nishama is the source of our Nishamas. so the Mitzvah, of Bay is an actual thing on the level of the Neshama, in the level of his Kaslucha, Barucha, where Nayid is in touch with his Neshama, and now his Neshama is connected to all other Neshamas, and particularly to the Nishama of the Neshia dor and through the Nesiyah Doh, he's connected to Atmos and Mosayin, So the mitzvah, daf kabei is not, a second best, a substitute. Since it's impossible to fill, fulfill this mitzvah, literally, we're going to come up with an alternative, approximate, practical solution. It's a literal, we call in the culture, is the neshama connection with the Yid and the Rebbe, and that through the neshama connection with the Yid and the Rebbe, the Yid has a connection to the Meib And that's the basis for the V'yatah Tetzavah. That's the basis for the l'kashir l'chaber as Yisrael in tzav. That's the basis for the lozon and the fanas as Yisrael binyan In other words, the Eibish that gives us a Rebbe, a Tzadik, whose role it is to strengthen our amunah. And like I explained before, to avoid the distractions and to get us to the point of amuna directly. And the pnimius of this, that there's an, there's an inherent bond between our an neshama and his nishama, and the lakus, the and that nishama bond is actually a muni itself. Having said all of this, there is another point of Atatatsava, which is perhaps, or perhaps more than perhaps, the most important part of the Maimir. And that is that in conjunction with the Viata there is a concept which the Rebbe calls V'yikho'ilecha. And this is not only important because it's deep and it's serious, it's important because this is really a practical message, right? The question is, how do I prepare for Gibal Tamas? And V'yikho'ilecha is a real serious answer. Because what? how does the Rebbe explain the in the Maimon? The beginning of the Maimon, explains V'yikho'ilecha in one way. And at the end of the Maim, it explains B'Kalecha in an entirely different way. And in effect, what the Rebbe is saying is this. That a Tzadik, a Rebbe, a Nasi B'Yisrael, a Neshama close, has the job of touching Yiddish and Shamas and connecting them to Atma connecting them to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, dafka on a level of Ain dafka on a level of Amunah, which bypasses the Mayach and gets to the very heart, the very essence of what a Jew is and what his relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is. But Kvayachal there's limits. The ability for Meishar Abeinu, of course the language of the Maimed is Meshara Bainu and Mordechai, the ability for Meishar Abeinu to connect to the neshama of a yid and wake up the emunah spark within that yid and give him an emunah connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. has limits based on circumstances. And the ultimate... Limit is, the way the maimer develops is that it's possible for a tzaddik for a Rebbe to actually reveal the Yechidesha benefesh and a Choset, to reveal the Yechidesha benefesh and a Yid. But when a tzaddik reveals the Yechidesha benefesh and a Yid, what the maimer calls Etzav HaNasham, unilaterally, by himself, in other words, the Choset is only the receiver, the Yid is only the Mekabal. And the entire Mashpi is the Rebbe. So if a tzaddik a Rebbe, Nosei B'Yisroh, when a tzadaka iraba nasi bi yisrael succeeds in being magal di chidisha nefesh, it's daven nasef al It's daven nasef al atzir shaloyim. That means the person who's being inspired is not being transformed, he's being overwhelmed. When a yid experiences a koyach from a siddhas nefesh, when a yid experiences a koyach from a siddhas nefesh, so obviously he's on a higher level. But as being on a higher level doesn't mean he's a higher person. It simply means he's been raised up to a higher level. But he's the same person he was before. And the proof is what happens when that challenge goes away. And the Levitaka gave the Dugman the Maimed, he didn't say it entirely explicitly, but it's quite obvious that Yidin lived in the Soviet Union. And they stood in a matav of Mercedes Nefesh for decades, decades, to raise Yiddish under that under those conditions. To give a kosher Yiddish, a chinuch, their children or to keep Shabbos, and to keep kosher, and to have kosher, when there was the constant fear that al the the children will be taken from them, and so on and so forth. So they stood in, the, in a state of Mesiris Nefesh in a perpetual way. Then those same people left Russia, came to America. So the Rebbe says, They became like us. In a very short time, they became westernized. They lost... That principle of Mesiris Nefesh. And the Rebbe said, how could that be? You spent so many years being Mesir Nefesh. How do you become a a, a Western zhlub, for lack of words? And the answer that the Rebbe gave is because the Mesiris Nefesh was not them. It was superimposed upon them. It came from outside of them. But it pushed aside their humanity, their Merusas, people. And when their humanity as people re-emerged, they were not Balei Mesiris Nefesh. They were regular people like anybody else. But the Rebbe says that's only true if the relationship between the Tzaddik, between Meishad and the Nasi Bishal, the Rebbe, and the Dod is unilateral. In other words, what the Rebbe gives them, we receive. But there's another possibility. And the other possibility is called the And this is really the ultimate point of the Maim Eviat On an Avedah level, it's the ultimate point of the mind of And that is that you don't just take what you give. You give your mind, you give your heart, you give your senses to make them kalim for the inspiration that the tzaddik, that the Rebbe, that the nasi Yisrael gives. In practical words, this means that we were always taught in Chassidus Chabad, the Rebbe said it in the very first Favrengen, that Chabad demands avoid the you don't just take from the Rebbe, you have to give, you partner. And in our generation, this is called shlichus, in all of its forms. And basically it means the idea that a yid gives himself to the Rebbe's purpose, to the Rebbe's issues. You know, they, they talk about chassidim having big arguments by Favrengin. Does the Rebbe need chassidim or does the Rebbe not need chassidim? This is a, an emotional question more than it's a philosophical question. Um, but in the ma'amar, the Rebbe says that something much deeper happens in the viyata tetzava when the viyukovilach. That when a chosid is not just a taker from the Rebbe, but a chosid gives to the Rebbe. In his giving to the Rebbe, he is giving the Rebbe a deeper ability to affect the viyata tetzava. And the way the Rebbe says it in the ma'amar, that the gilui of yichidush nefesh not to be kameidaver nesiv al but with, with, That means to say, the Rebbe is explaining, that it's one thing for a chassid to take from the Rebbe. It's another thing for a chassid to give. And when a chassid gives to his Rebbe, by giving to the Rebbe, what the Rebbe gives him is much, much, much more. To the point that a chassid could be uplifted to the level, in the language of the Maimon, of Agil, of Yechidish, of a gil, of of and the of Ashidus, because of Chosset Lamar, from the fact that we find ourselves in Golis. What it means practically, and this is very, very important, that this is where a chassid meets his Rebbe. It never was true that a chassid meets his Rebbe by looking at his guf, or by getting from him a dollar, even though that's very real. Because the relationship between a chassid and a Rebbe is a connection which changes us completely. It changes us from being creatures who live in El to creatures who live in the Yebishtis world and have a divine purpose to make this world a better place. But that change could be that change could be the Rebbe gives and we take. And that change could be the Rebbe teaches us what we need to do and we do it. And the the practical message is where does a Chassid meet the Rebbe? And the answer is in the things he does for the Rebbe. Where does a Chassid meet the Rebbe in Shlichis? In Avaidah B'Kayach Atmeh's relationship with the Rebbe. In other words, the answer to the frustration and the Marash Chayra is not to wait for something to happen, but to do something. Because when you do, it happens. In other words, where does a see the Rebbe in his life? A sees the Rebbe in his life and the things that he does on behalf of the Rebbe for the Rebbe. Again, however you want to uh, explore the question of a Rebbe needing chasidim, a Rebbe not leading from the Gemara, and so on and so forth. We're not going to go into that question. Because I think whatever answer you give is right, whatever answer you give is wrong. I mean, the truth of the matter is it's an asmistic relationship. But that's how the Rabbi says the <laughs> Maimah, that Moshe connects Yidin to the Eibishter. And he connects Yidin to the Eibishter more deeply if there's a Ve'yikho And this, I think, is the, the practical side of this. As they get ready for Gimel Tammuz, it's a, it's a day, it's a Yom Godla, it's a Yom Kaddish, which has to do with his kashrus. Hiskashus means the neshama connection between the Rebbe, the nasiyadad, and our neshama. But Hizkashos is not allowed to stay in the neshama. It has to come down from the neshama into the mind and into the heart and into the body and into our daily lives. And the Hiskashus coming down into our daily lives means we experience the Rebbe in our life. Experiencing the Rebbe means experiencing Yamuna. Experiencing the Rebbe means experiencing Simcha. Experiencing the Rebbe means experiencing Betochem. And experiencing the Rebbe means experiencing a koyach to be pushed more Yiddish. Have more Yiddish Have more Avas Yisrael. Have more ability to make out of another Jew and more ability to connect ourselves to others Baruch Hu. Or basically where we prioritize where what's important for us in our lives is not Gashmi Yisdika Things but Ruchni Things because ultimately that's what life is about. It's not about the way Hayem yem Nit haizen in Geld is Yiddish e Money and homes, real estate is not Jewish wealth. Jewish wealth is Yiddish kindred who found the footsteps of their parents. And this is the koich that the rabbi gives. And the Rebbe teaches us in the Maimed that there's a concept called Yikha I saw some place, and I'm not going to remember where, where Abachar uh, asked Rabb Mendel, Allahu A'Shalam, Rabb Mendel, Futter Fazachin al-Livracha. When the Rebbe made the to of Rambam, the Rebbe gave three possibilities. To learn three proakim, to learn one perik, to learn Sefer HaMitsvis. So he came to his mashpi and said, what should I do? And the Mendel said, you should do all three. So he said to the Mendel, but there was no such proposal. The Rebbe did not say to learn all three. He said to learn one or the other or the other. So his answer was, three ways we connect ourselves to the Rebbe, to the Rebbe, to the Rebbe, to the to the this is awesome. It's a very serious exchange, because everybody knows that the Rebbe makes us connected to Akadish Baruch makes us into Chassidim. that's what a Chassid is, a Neshama Yid. And not a Neshama Yid that's hidden deep, in the deepest recesses of the Neshama, because that's every Jew. But the Neshama Yid, whose neshama is closer to the surface, in Emunah, and in Simcha, and in Betachem, and in Chassid Tzerfan, and all the points that Chassidus says about what Chassidus is and the Rebbe gives us this koyach and we get this koyach from the Rebbe from what we do the what we give ourselves to the Rebbe so uh, this is the preparation for Gimel tama the preparation for Gimel tama is to ask ourselves what I can do in my world in my little world whether I'm in an official capacity of a shliach, or an unofficial pastor of a shliach, every year there's a shliach, every chosid is a shliach, every chosid is connected to the Rebbe, and he works for the Rebbe. And when we do the things the Rebbe asks of us, this is our bringing ourselves to the Rebbe, that's called v'yichu'ilecha, which enhances the v'yatat etzav, as B'nai yisrael that the Rebbe, in a siyadar, connects us to Atzimusimusimusim, so far, connects us to the Eibishter, and to our own Alakos, and to our own Neshama, and so on and so forth. And of course, when the Rebbe finishes the Maimer that the highest madreg of this is that it should be a nir tamid. That not only it should be merav ad beker. Merav means that when you find yourself in a dark situation, so the neshama comes out ad Baikir till the, that dark situation passes and life is good and then the neshama goes into hiding again. But there's a higher madreg which is called nir tamid. That the neshama is on the surface not only because it's difficult. The neshama is on the surface because we're a neshama yid. Really, that's at the taich of a the meaning of the word chaser is a yid whose neshamah is on his surface. You see it in his simcha, you see it in his avas yisrael, you see it in his bitl, and you see it in his avayd apel mamish. So the Rebbe should help us all that this gimel talmud should be only the good part without the negative part, and we should prepare ourselves for gimel talmud as we should. The Rebbe should and health and nachas ourselves, and nachas from our children, and all the brachas. Of the Eibish, of all the brachos of the Rebbe, and we should have this gallows so and we should see the Rebbe, and take us out of Gauls, take it from behind.